And what we need to know today, we'll learn about disfigurements, drugs, deaths, exposing horse abuse at Budweiser and the racetrack, why horses lose their tailbones and their lives, all because of beer and betting. And on the hotline is Kathy Germo, Senior Vice President of Equine Matters for People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, which is also PETA. And how are we doing today, Kathy? We're doing good? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Pleased to be here. Uh, my pleasure. All right. So what are the industries that are abusing horses right now that PETA is involved in? Well, there are two we're focusing on right now. One, of course, is the horse racing industry because of the huge number of deaths of horses on the tracks. And and most recently, at the very highest level of racing, at the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness Stakes, the Belmont Stakes, on the, the days surrounding those big premier races, we saw dozens of horses die, um, t- 12 at uh, Churchill Downs. Uh, at Belmont Park, there have been 22 horses who've died in, in this year alone so far. Uh, so we are focused on ending those deaths, and if we can't end those deaths, on ending that industry. Gotcha. So can the I ask second, you, of course, yeah, yeah sorry. I, know, I was going to ask you, what, I was just, what are the, why are the horses dying? What's going on there at these uh, tracks? The, the, it comes down to, to several reasons, but mm-hmm. I think from the data from the industry itself, the key reason is the use of legal medications to keep horses who are injured or sore running mm-hmm. when they should be recuperating. Yeah. So they get just as a human would when they run a 10K or a half marathon, they need time to recover. The horses are routinely given anti-inflammatories and painkillers, and they're put back out on the track. And we know from the industry's own data that, that these horses who suffer broken bones, uh, many of them, 90%, in fact, have had an injury at that very site where the break occurred. Gotcha. All right, so what can the racing industry uh, be doing better besides just, to me, honestly, I, I'm not even into horse racing. <laughs> it just seems like something out of from centuries ago that we can do much better, right? I mean, I don't, I don't even think they can even do anything better, right? You know, the funny thing about racing is that that's that not really literally funny, but the odd thing is that this industry still exists because most people are, are like you. Yeah. They don't go. They don't care. They don't watch. They may attend a Kentucky Derby party and watch it on television once a year. Mm-hmm. But the reason racing continues to exist in most states, California being the exception, is that they're, it's propped up by subsidies from other forms of gambling. Racing would have died long ago if it didn't get uh, profits from slot machines and video lottery terminals fun- feeding into it to keep it on a kind of a life support. And also, if uh, people stop sponsoring that stuff, I mean, I, I don't get it. Like I said, uh, I, I don't go there. I, I don't, I don't like seeing animals abused like this. And if I was a sponsor, I just, I would say, you know, we don't. We, there's other things we can sponsor. You, car, car racing is a lot more safer than than this year. It's a really good point, you know, because who wants to be part of an industry where on the on the biggest racing day of the entire year in one of the undercard races, a, a horse dies. And we were at Churchill Downs today. We were filming the races. Mm-hmm. And that, that horse lost in limbo who died in one of the earlier races. The tragedy of that horse was that as they were trying to get the horse with the jockey on his back into the starting gate, the horse broke away and mm-hmm. escaped. And he 
dumped the jockey off his back and he ran. Yeah. He tried to run away from this. Mm-hmm. They captured him. And apparently without even a veterinary exam, they put the jockey back on, they put him through the starting gate, and they they put him out on the racetrack. His bone broke, and he was euthanized. So here was a horse trying to say in every way possible, Mm -hmm. I don't want to do this. Probably he was very sore. Right. And as a result, he's no longer with us. Such a shame. So why is uh, Peter right now, what's the attention that Peter's giving to Budweiser right now? Well, we have done a couple of undercover investigations of the uh, Anheuser-Busch and the the iconic Budweiser Clydesdales. Mm -hmm. And we found that Anheuser-Busch is actually amputating the tailbones of these Clydesdales. And this is, you know, the bone, the tailbone uh, extends past the body of the horse, but is part of the spinal column. Mm -hmm. And it's done merely for cosmetics reasons, Mm -hmm. so that the horses will look a certain way as they're hitched to the beer wagon. I do have some good news because uh, just at the beginning of this interview, Mm -hmm. as I was sitting here, the Wall Street Journal article came out saying that Anheuser-Busch has now committed to end the amputation of of the Clydesdale's tailbones following our campaign. Well, I'm really happy to share that news today. Yeah, that's great news. And if I was Budweiser also, I'd probably just distance themselves from this whole horse racing industry, to be honest with you. Yes, you know, Budweiser's not really connected to the racing so much, although mm-hmm. you're right in the sense that they often send these Budweiser Clydesdales mm-hmm. to racetracks. Yeah. And it's an attraction then because people love the Clydesdales. Mm-hmm. And yes, they should definitely distance themselves from that. Yeah. I mean, it's fine for your hometown parade and stuff like that, but anything we can do to uh, stop this abuse, I'm, I'm all for it. I really am. So how, uh, how, so are there alternatives to a tail amputation? Well, now, now it's, it's kind of like a dead issue now because they're not going to do it anymore, right? Yes, and I think we're going to see what the, what the alternative is, which is basically to do nothing. Right. Um, this was a procedure that was started in the 18th century mm-hmm. when the horse's tails could supposedly become um, caught in the hitch gear of the, of the wagons uh, or of the farm equipment that they were pulling. Uh, but if that were the case, Budweiser would need to update its equipment, and it's it's very simple to braid the horse's tails and, if necessary, wrap them in an elastic wrap. So mm-hmm. I think we'll see going forward. Of course, they've got now a couple of generations of horses whose tails have already been amputated, so I'm sure we're going to be seeing that for a while. But after they bring new horses into it, I think we'll see that their their tails will be flowing and will be beautiful, and they will be able to get rid of the insects that are bothering them if they mm-hmm. need to and be able to communicate uh, in the way that they do with their tails. Yeah. Now, uh, if you're listening right now and you're as mortified as I am, there's a few things that I think that I'm going to start doing right now. Well, first of all, I don't go to a horse racing. So that if you go to horse racing right now, anybody in your family, discourage that immediately also. What I would do is, in my area, there are racetracks, and what props them up is the lobby. There's, there's a strong horse lobby out there that pressure the local pro- politicians, and the rest of us, we don't do anything. So I think it's a good time for us to call the local politicians and say, stop it already. Stop stop giving them money and grants and all of this stuff here. It's stuff, stuff from the 1800s to 17. We're not interested in this stuff anymore. Move on, right? 
That's exactly right. And we, we've done some work toward that end in New York State, which has such a terrible death record mm-hmm. um, at its 11 tracks, harness racing and thoroughbred tracks. And we put together a coalition of fiscal groups, of educational groups and, and human services organizations. And we have uh, worked on a bill with legislators that would end the subsidies, the $230 million a year that keep horse racing alive in New York State. If they're going to kill horses, and if they're going to abuse horses in the various ways that they do, let them pay for it themselves. I don't think that the citizens of New York should be forced to do that. And you're, you're, you're exactly right. If people call their legislators and they say, I don't want to support this anymore, profits from uh, gambling were always meant to go to education. That's where they should go, not to keep horse racing viable. And anything that has to do with abusing horses, I was I was really mortified every time I would see a horse get hit by a truck in New York City traffic. Those horse-drawn carriages, it's ridiculous already. It really, it really is. In, in these times right now, we can have electric vehicles doing this stuff here. I don't. I, again, it's, it's up to calling the local politicians and saying, "What this is unacceptable. We don't want this. Don't don't support this." That's all, right? It, it all comes down to that, people yeah. using their voices to make their feelings known. Yeah, exactly. So where can the listeners go for more information and also to take some action? Well, they can go to PETA.org, P-E-T-A dot O-R-G, mm-hmm. and we have uh, all kinds of information online, uh, and they can take action with action alerts, uh, which are, are really useful but also very straightforward. You just go to the page. You can, you can do a couple of clicks and whatever company it is will receive an email from you. And that's an important measure for these animal abusers to see that people care about it. Uh, they can also go on social media. And mm-hmm. if, if, if you're on Twitter, if you're on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever you do, mm-hmm. let your feelings be known about these things. Educate other people about what we do. Online, we've got nine video undercover investigations of the horse racing industry. So they can take a look for themselves, make up their own minds about what they want to do. Gotcha. Uh, we've been speaking with Kathy Guillermo, Senior Vice President of Equine Matters for the People for Ethical Treatment of Animals, which is also PETA. Thank you so much for, me, for this information here. Thanks so much for bringing this to the forefront of my listeners because this is something that's really important to me and to a lot of people out there. So I really appreciate you joining us today. Thanks so much. I appreciate it too. My pleasure.